0: Welcome to The Producer Mindset, where we interview industry leaders about entrepreneurship, marketing, business development, and overall what it takes to run a successful business in, but not exclusive to, the real estate industry in today's age.
1: We have Candace Astroth here on The Producer Mindset. So you, this is how we met, it's funny. We did a social media training over at Samsung Properties. It was on Reels, and I remember someone takes the head of the table, right? It's like, let's teach this guy some things. Oh. <laughs> and I quote, right? And I was like, I, and immediately I was like, okay, that's the one person. Because you were like really engaged. You were actually taking notes, asking questions. And I'm like, okay. That's kind of like what we look for in the people that we want to work with. So there long after, we're, we're working on a very cool project together. Hush. Right? Um, but um, this is Candice. So Candice has the perfect choice real estate team. Mm -hmm. out of Samsung Properties. How long ago did you get started?
2: So I started Perfect Choice. I would say Perfect Choice began the beginning of 2021. Okay. Yeah.
1: And how does one begin in 2021 and like massively just kind of becomes one of the top teams in their brokerage?
2: Well, I've sold real estate since 2012 across the country. I've practiced real estate in Tennessee, California and now Northern Virginia and the DMV area. So DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Um, I learned a lot selling across the country. So I started my career in Tennessee where you, I learned a lot about VA, military, relocation, those types of things, how to nurture those buyers who are coming from far distances who you haven't met and just building those relationships virtually Mm -hmm. um, or over the phone really. And then um, moved to California where it was no VA. It was more um, cash, conventional, and a little bit of FHA sprinkled in there. So I got to really learn that end of the business. And um, I worked with a national leader, Michael Soares. It was just him and I, he took me on as basically like a partner. And um, it was like drinking through a fire hose working with that guy. So worked with him for a year and then moved to Northern Virginia. I knew as I was practicing real estate across the country, what I wanted to build when we got where we were going. And we knew that Northern Virginia would be our last stop or that would, that was the goal. Um, So I just kind of like in my head was building this team. And then once we got here, I just hit the ground running as hard as I could.
1: That's really cool. So we have one question that we start all of our podcasts with, which is going to play a perfect segue into like, again, 2021, if anything, but Mm -hmm. one day you were born, Okay. And the next thing you know, you're sitting on this chair talking to us, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, tell us, fill us in on what happened in between leading up to you getting into real estate in 2012, because we kind of got the synopsis from 2012 to 2021. Right. So what happened in between that time frame and now you're here?
2: So I grew up in Alabama. I will never go back there, but learned a lot. It was a great childhood, can't complain. Um, my mom really... Taught me work ethic and respect, and you know, very southern lifestyle living. Um, and then she taught me how to be a hard worker. And then I graduated high school, didn't really know what I was gonna do, knew I needed to go to college, but didn't really know for what. Um, my mom was like, You can sell ice to an Eskimo, go to marketing. And I was like, Don't know if that's it. I feel like it's more secure, like healthcare. My mom's a nurse. My dad's a firefighter my sister's a pharmacist you know like there's just a lot of medical in my family so i thought oh i'll go to nursing school Um, maybe be a nurse anesthetist um started in the local like community college and then i was out one night with some friends and i met my husband Um, we dated for three years and then he's military so he got relocation like he got uh, pcs to Augusta, Georgia for a school and I stayed in Alabama to finish up my associate degree and then we got engaged and then moved to Nashville, Tennessee together. Growing up in Alabama, one of my best friends in middle and high school, no high school, um, was Laurel Standifer and her dad lived in Nashville, Tennessee and she, we would go up and visit her family and stuff like that. We would take trips to Knoxville, which were, was where her mom lived and then we would visit her dad in Nashville and he sold real estate, but I didn't know that when I was in high school. But then when I moved to Nashville, we reconnected, I reconnected with her dad who sold real estate and we bought a house and we bought a condo in downtown Nashville in the Gulch. Um, loved it there, but the commute to, um, there's a military post in Kentucky which is right on the border of Tennessee and Kentucky. And that commute was just too much for my husband. So we ended up selling our condo, which we shouldn't have done. We should have held on to. We did not get the best real estate advice. Um, And then we ended up buying a place in Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, I, in my head, always thought of real estate as, like, the old lady job. Mm -hmm. know. That's all I ever saw with, like, older women doing it. Um, So I never thought, like... But
1: it is a pretty old industry.
2: Yeah, I, I just... It wasn't something I'd considered, even though Laurel's dad told me I should look into getting into it. But anyway, so Laurel's dad ended up referring us a real estate agent named Anna Marangelli, And Anna was a young 30 year old girl, like awesome, was fun to work with. She sold us our house in Tennessee. And I was like, wow, actually I could be a real estate agent. Um, And I had, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll pursue teaching as my career but I'll do real estate to pay for college or whatever. Um, I substitute taught for a day and changed my major the next day to finance. Um, I ended up getting my finance degree, which was perfect. I'm really glad I did that because that taught me a lot about manipulating numbers, um, and helping people, helping advise my clients with the sale of their home and helping them grow wealth through real estate. So, um, Ended up selling real estate in order to pay for my degree, thinking that in my head I still didn't see real estate as a career. I just still saw it as okay. Well, I'll do it as a job because Anna can do it. I can do it. Um, sold real estate for from 2012 to 2016 when I graduated with my degree, um, and then I started interviewing with Morgan Stanley, Edward Jones, started going through that whole process, and I was miserable. I hated it. I I hated the interviews. I would go to like these conferences and meet these people who were doing the job. And I was like, I just, this doesn't sound like what I want to do. And my husband was like, then why would you do it? Because this is what I'm supposed to do. I got my finance degree. I got to go work in a finance job. And he's like, no, you have a job and you like what you do. And I'm like, like that blew my mind. I canceled my Edward Jones interview. I was supposed to go to the second round. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm selling real estate. I did move forward with those interviews and just started looking at real estate as my career at that point. And then not too long after that, in 2017, we left, um, Tennessee, we moved to California and then here it goes.
1: That's cool. So you touched on something that, um, you kind of picked on. I, I got my hard work, my work ethic from like mom and things like that. Mm-hmm. Are there any special events that like you can recall right now? That you're like, okay, like, in that moment in time, that's where I really picked up, like, this work ethic that I have today or the ability to just work hard no matter what to give my best. Any scenarios that you can think of?
2: I think growing up, I always really liked nice things. Okay. Um, and I, I came from a blue-collar family. Like, my mom's a nurse. My dad was a firefighter they were very terrible about managing their money. Um, so if I wanted something, I had to work for it and buy it. Um, so that was, you learn that very early on. Like if you want something, you work, you make your money and you buy that. So I wanted a cell phone, I had to get a job. I was working at like the age of 12 under the table for a house cleaner. Really? Yeah, um, I would work and then I raised my neighbor's kids. I would get paid taking care of their kids every night. Um, helping them with their homework and then making them dinner putting them to bed um and then on the summers or when anytime school was out i would clean houses so i don't know i've just been working since i can remember yeah um but growing up my mom just always made it a priority of like nothing is handed to you like you have to work hard for it so i learned really quickly how to work those online leads in tennessee which was perfect because you know, like you mentioned, you don't have a sphere of influence. Like that's where everybody tells you to start with your your real estate career is call people you know. Well, I don't know anybody here. I just moved here. Um, so that was one of the biggest hurdles I did have to get over moving around. Um, but I became very good at converting Zillow leads. Zillow was my bread and butter throughout until they came up with this Zillow Flex, so I cut them. But I know a lot of people, on Zillow. And I understand why, but it was the best way for me to grow my business. I converted those leads very quickly, very easily, and then nurtured those leads, like and nurtured those clients and then ended up, my biggest goal is to grow a referral based business. So nurturing those people that did close with me ended up bringing in more referrals so then I could just grow off of that and compound. No one really told me I was on a team in Tennessee um, the Kristen Gwaltney team, and I just remembered where those leads came from and how well I converted the individual ones, and Zillow was always the ones I could convert like that, so I knew that that's where I needed to put my money.
1: That's really cool. You know, at which point did you realize, okay, well, I can go ahead and convert this leads really easy off of Zillow, but I need to continue working them so that I get a referral business, because it seems to me like the difference between people that are successful in real estate and those that continue to chase their next lead is the nurturing of their previous business. So when did that click for you? Or how did it click for you?
2: I don't know. I guess I just... I've always surrounded myself with people who are successful. Like, listen to what they say and then try to do those things. So when I heard through I don't know how or when it happened, you know, a top producer say the fortune is in the follow-up, 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 follow-up. I preach that to my agents. If you ask them the one thing that I will tell them, it's (laughs) follow-up. Like, so I know that the majority of real estate agents follow up one time Mm -hmm. and it takes about eight times to touch that lead and talk to them before they actually work with you. So I guess that's a kind of a two part question because you asked about the follow-up but then there's the nurturing part of building the, like, the mm-hmm. referral based business so
1: yeah so like you you heard you you hear this from like a top producer right like the the fortunes in the follow-up you're like oh, okay so then you adopt that mindset per se mm-hmm. but then you actually applied it and you just sat here and said that the majority of agents will only follow up one time in your case you just mentioned that it's at least eight times so for you, for that, for you, was that like uh, okay? Well, if most agents do it one time, I'm going to do it eight times, and that was kind of the game. Or is it more like you started developing a system that you found worked for you? How did that look?
2: I mean, it's been organic, I would say, over time. Because starting out in a new place, you know, you started, you start small. You have these few leads, and you nurture them. But then after a while, those few leads turn into thousands of leads, and then how do you nurture those? So. Building out systems, putting in campaigns, making those campaigns um, like something I would say, it's something I would say to a client or a lead and um, putting those in place and then making sure that they work and making sure that you are actually on top of those campaigns that are going out, following up and you're calling them and you're actually texting them and you are trying to touch base and help them.
1: And when you when you get started in real estate and you mentioned that you've been like you'd like to surround yourself by success. Did you have any mentors like getting into the business or even growing up? Anybody that kind of helped you understand the type of mindset that you needed to have in order to be kind of like where you're at today and where you're going?
2: So I do. Um, in Tennessee, whenever I first got started, I. Um, mm-hmm. Sheila Oskakovich was my biggest mentor. She had just actually retired from real estate, but was still kind of staying relevant and working in like the office aspect of things. Um, She was an older gal. Her husband had died. He was military as well. So we had some common similarities of our lifestyle, I guess. Um, But she had sold real estate for probably 30 plus years. Um, And she ended up just kind of, I almost joined Exit Realty in Tennessee and she was leaving exit and she just kind of took me under her wing was like don't do it come with me to Keller Williams Um, and then I ended up following her and she mentored me she helped me study for the real estate exam she helped me understand the concepts of the job and um, we still stay in touch to this day that's really cool
0: Hey there, really quick before we dive into today's podcast, would you do us a favor and rate and share this podcast? That would help us out tremendously for blowing this thing up. We're not really big on asking for these types of things, but we really want to expand and be able to bring on more cool people like today's guest. If you can take a minute, it only takes a minute. That would be great. All right, let's get to it. In Nashville, how much did you get your condo for in the bulge? So I was... I, um, give you some background. We have a lot of family down there. Uh-huh. My sister just sold her house in 12th South. Oh. So they got it 18 months or not 18 months ago, probably now about two years ago. Uh-huh. They sold it after 18 months for way more. Oh, I bet. So uh, yeah, I'm interested. What year were you in?
2: Tennessee? We owned like it for old. six months and made money. And that was in, so probably 2013, okay. 2012,
0: 2013. Man, I'm <laughs> sure you guys are the hell of it. I that. know. Now, we
2: literally we we can't even talk about it. We get so angry. I'm sure. The person who told us it was a, a referral from the guy who Laurel's dad. Mm-hmm. It was a referral from him, and he's the one that told us to sell it. And I look back at that advice and I'm like, that was the worst advice to give us at the time. Like, why why would anybody? He wanted his commission. It's so sad because we were a newlywed couple. We didn't have that much money. Um, we were only going to make it. We only made a few thousand dollars. We'd only owned it six months ago, And that was a risk. Like The fact that we even made that was a miracle. Yeah. Um, but knowing the growth that Nashville was headed in and the rentability of it, I mean, it was in the gulch. Like yeah. you could walk to Broadway from where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, we kick ourselves in the butt for that
0: insides 2020 but how much
2: did we pay i think it was like three hundred thousand. it was a one bed yeah one and a half bath
1: wow. unit. today that would be worse probably like what 1.4 <laughs> <Really?
2: laughs> I, <don't laughs> I don't think that not, maybe not, like 550 or 60 because the condo market there didn't did, didn't did go, go as fresh like fresh the single family yeah, yeah but um I mean we I've looked at the comps Probably a few years ago, and I was like, goodness, don't look at it. Don't yeah, look yeah, at yeah.
0: it. Exactly. No, that's funny. But we kept
2: our house in um, Clarksville, Tennessee, and it's done very well. Like, we make about 800 a month on the rent on that, and it, the growth of the value of it has gone well. So, we're gonna hang on to that. Nice,
0: that's awesome. Do you have any other properties that you've invested in in this area or areas um, where you kind of called home base at some time
2: before yeah that's actually something i want to start getting on post and teaching these military people is how to use your va loan and create wealth when you pcs because if i would have known what i knew now i would have bought a house in california um and we just didn't we knew we weren't going to be there longer than two years we actually only there one year we thought we would be there for two we still should have bought and we didn't um but I, I want to teach people about that. But we own a, a place in the Outer Banks. We yes. fell in love with that. And then we own a place in Fairfax and then a place in Tennessee. But we want more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's another little niche where you can start adding a lot of value and creating a lot of content and really helping a lot more people.
2: Yeah, we, we definitely see there's a, there's a need for it, especially with the military community on educating them about their VA loan and about how they can create that wealth with the PCS moves. Um, so we're looking into start doing those classes. Awesome.
1: So one of the things that, you know, as, as you're talking here about like military families, do you constantly look for the need and what can help that person be more wealthy, let's say through real estate and like nurture that with them, teach them or even like I don't know. You do a lot of cool stuff with your clients. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I would say when I'm having that first buyer's consult with a client, especially military, um, one of the things I go over with them is, hey, I'm a finance major, so I want to help you grow wealth through your real estate. So while you need a home to live in while you're here, I'm going to teach you about how to use your VA loan to get this home and then to leverage this home to get your next one. Um, And then teach you about the growth of this area and why it's so important to hang on to it. While when you leave, if you wanna sell it, of course I'm here to help you, but I'm not gonna go after you for that listing. I I wanna teach you how to use this. So in 10 years when you retire, 15 years, you could cash out and you'll have a very nice retirement and you can buy your forever home and settle down somewhere or you can continue to cash flow on this property.
1: And at which like at which point, or did someone teach you that like you should look at real estate this way? Or was it something that like you kind of discovered for yourself like through your, you know, your major and everything? you were like, oh, this is kind of a game. Yeah. And you can make a lot of money in the process. Or tell us a little bit about that.
2: I think the finance major had a really big part of it. Um, actually, one of my professors in my while while going to finance school in Tennessee was a very great mentor and he very he challenged me on the way i thought about things and stuff so i feel like his mentorship plus just having the career knowing what i know um as a military spouse as somebody who has moved around and as owning real estate and watching it what it has done for us over the years i feel like has definitely helped shape the way I think about it and continued to help me like learn more. I want to, I want more information on this. I want to continue to educate myself on the subject so I can help my clients more.
0: That's really cool. Let's so talk about teams. Do you have a team? I have a team. What time, at, at what point did you bring your first person off to your team? What was that like? Talk about the business development side of things.
2: So, um, Of course we moved here i was pregnant with my second kiddo um we moved here in 2019 yeah the middle of 2019 and then i had my i had oliver in july and you can't leave an au pair with a kid until they're three months old so the day he turned three months old (laughs) i actually was bringing him to the office for a couple of days Mm because i'm like you know, I was ready to go. I was chomping at the bit to get back to work. I love to work. It gives me purpose. Um, I love being a mom as well, but I love having a career. So um hit the ground running in, I think it was like, so July, August, October, to yeah, October of 2019. I just got started in real estate in Northern Virginia. Um, now, we did live in Northern Virginia in 2017 mm-hmm. for a year, and then we moved to Kansas for a year. So there's like this weird area in there. Um, while we lived in Kansas, I actually worked for Erin K. Jones' real estate team. I was her marketing coordinator, um, which was great. I got to still stay relevant in the Northern Virginia market, know what was happening, stay on top of the trends. And she's she's an amazing agent. I, I look at her as a mentor as well. Um, so I kind of got to learn how she runs her things. Not the full scope of it but like how she runs her team um so when we came back i kind of had an idea of the northern virginia market but had no client base had you know really no sphere of influence so um went into the office in october of 2019 so then in 2020 covid hit right so I didn't know that was coming, obviously no one could predict that, but um, I was hitting the ground so hard with this career that I just, I didn't care. Uh, Like pandemic, who cares, let's go. And I actually used the pandemic in order to help my clients because when, when everything locked down in July of 2020, Mm -hmm. you know, they said, you can't leave your house. Real estate was still deemed essential. And at that time, you know the market was already trending up. And I told my clients at that time, and like, they locked it down. You need to get out and buy right now. And everyone was panicking, like, should we buy? Yes, you should. Everyone's stopping, you buy when everyone stops.
1: So you caught the trend while it was kind of- So when it
2: dipped, I mean, everybody was getting like multiple offers, blah, 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 blah. July hit, it did this. And I'm like, ask for closing costs, go below asking, let's do it. And we got it. And then as soon as I locked down, it did this. Like my clients are sitting so pretty. They're very happy about that. I gave them that advice and it was risky. Like I didn't know what was actually gonna happen, but it it just was a gut looking at trends, statistics, demand, you know, all of that. It felt like the right move. It felt like the right advice. Um, So 2020 happened with COVID. Um, I started, I got a good client base. I was very busy. Um, and then I hired a coach, Brett Weinstein out of Colorado, he's amazing. Um, he said, you have to hire an assistant. And that was like one of the hardest things for me, hiring an assistant. Why? Because you feel like, can I afford that? Can I, am I there? Yes, I was there. Um, but making that jump to hiring an assistant, if you ask any person who started a team, it's probably one of their like hardest, but yet biggest moves. Um, So I put out an ad to find an assistant and Emily Blakely applied to be my assistant. And I was in the interview with her and I was like, like, I saw her, I saw me sitting on the other side. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not hiring you for my assistant. You're going to be in your real estate agent and we're going to fast track you. And she's like, wait, what? I've, I mean, I've always wanted to do that, but I didn't know how. And I'm like, no, we're going to make this happen. Um, and then I was like, so I'm not hiring you for this job, but let's. you need to start the course prep now. You need to get started. Um, and then I still tried to find an assistant. I couldn't find one. So I was like, okay, actually, I'm going to hire you to be the assistant, and then you're going to hire the next assistant um, after you get your license. Um, and then she got rookie of the year.
1: That's really first cool. Year. Yeah. She's still with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, she is awesome. She's definitely an amazing agent. And she just absorbs everything. And she's, she does what she's told. You know, you tell her fortunes is a follow up, follow up, follow up. She does it. Like you tell her to implement it. She does it. So she's awesome. So that was my first hire, Emily. And then we've just grown from there.
1: That's really cool. So why do you think it's difficult for agents? Like, so I, we always use this example. It's like, there's agents who see themselves like contractors. So they go hanging their license from brokerage to brokerage to brokerage based on the comps and the bonuses and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, yeah. And then like they don't, we don't see much growth or implementation there. Mind you, there are very successful ones, right? But the ones that really make it something big or at least bigger than themselves are the ones that treat themselves like a business. Mm-hmm. We're the, the ones that are actually looking to build a company. So would you say that... Hiring a coach is something that just changed your perspective on how you even treated yourself as an agent, or?
2: How I treated myself as an agent?
1: Like how you saw like the, your growth opportunities. Cause you said like, as soon as you hired a coach, you was like, you need to hire out an assistant. Yeah. Right? So like, how how pivotal was that? Like hiring a coach for you to like get on the track to actually like go in and build this beast that you're building now.
2: I think it was very pivotal. Pivotal is that right? Mm-hmm. Pivotal. Sounds <laughs> it sounds simple. weird when you say it. So, um, so I think that was a really big moment for my business because you know what you need to do, and you you go and you see what these other people are doing, and you need you need to do it. But like instead of taking ten wrong turns to get to where you're going, you just take one right turn because. Mm-hmm this one person knows he's been there like he's made all those wrong turns this is how you get there so and able i think that's what helped me fast track myself like i knew how i i what i needed to do to get to where i was in real estate but like how do you get to that next level mm-hmm. and hiring a coach is 100 what's gonna fast track you not unless you want to make 100 wrong turns like i when i first got here i was like well maybe i'll just join a team again because then i can see i can learn this market blah 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 and I sat in on a few interviews and this one guy, his big pitch to me was, well, um, he wanted to do like a really high split with me and take a lot of my money. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm gonna be an asset for you. I'm gonna close a lot of deals. Um, I'm very experienced, just hire me, you know? And he's like, no, 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 no. I spent millions of dollars making a lot of mistakes to get here. So, you know, I'm gonna save you all those millions of dollars. And I'm like, no, you're just an idiot. I'm like, well um no so um anyway I ended up not joining a team and then just hiring a coach and I think that you know taking the right turns to get where I needed to go was, was huge
1: do you still have a coach
2: I, I just hired a new coach okay so that coach ended up quitting um, coaching because he was, his business was just growing at such a astronomical rate. He couldn't manage coaching anymore, which was great. I'm happy for him. So, and then I ended up trying to hire a new coach and I did not like his model or what he was about. So I quit for a while, um, but I'm in this now growth state where I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm doing well, but we need to push to that next level. And I don't want to take 10 wrong turns. I want to take the one right turn. So. I have hired a coach and I adore this guy, I think he's amazing. Um, He is definitely a mentor for me, we've been friends since I came here. Um, Just happened how we meet, how we met. Um, And then we met out selling real estate and now I've hired him to be my coach, which is so crazy. Um, And I think he's definitely going to be pushing us to the next level. That's really cool. To get where we need to go.
1: So. With that information in mind, one of the things I always ask is what when you first got started in this, whether it was in Tennessee, or at least let's go ahead and say like Northern Virginia now, right? What did you believe to be true that now you realize that that was not true at all?
2: That buyers are liars.
1: <laughs> Explain <laughs> that.
2: Everyone always said buyers are liars, and I'm maybe some of them lie, but I love my buyers. They're my best clients. They're the ones that refer me the most business.
1: Why is that? Like why do agents like they're like, oh buyers and they just like, uh
2: is, They're is a lot it... of work. Okay. You know, but I'm a hard worker, so I love them. Um, I mean I'm getting more seller heavy now, which is where I need to be with the growth of my business, but I I will never not work with buyers because I love that process.
1: But that I was, don't that was a bar right there, that was a cliff.
0: It's probably more emotional on that end of things rather than selling. It's like just giving the most money.
2: Yeah, give selling is very transactional. Um, it's less emotional. I mean, there are, there are emotions in it because you're dealing with a lot of money. Right. Um, but it is very transactional and a lot more stressful, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, buyers can be stressful, of course, when the market was insane. Um, there was a lot of this, but ugh, I could go out of my sleep, no big deal. I can keep them calm. Like, Hey, look, your house is out there. I promise you it's all going to work out. And then at the end of the day, it does. And they're happy and they get to move into their home and it's fun. Yeah, sure that's a really fulfilling process too.
0: Is that why yeah. you like it? It's just, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you kind of talked a little bit about earlier. You touched on it working. That's my passion. My passion is in, in my work. What's next for your group, your company? What's, what's next? What's the next goal? What's your, what are you driving towards?
2: I guess if you ask me like transactionally, what's our goals? 200 transactions, 200 families helped a year. Um, Two more agents by the end of the year, Um, hiring some virtual assistants, hiring an ISA, Um, you know, really working towards just becoming bigger is that work? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, just kind of wanted you to take, take that question and interpret it. And then
2: see yeah. what
0: came out. Um, but also I really like the idea of going and educating military families on the whole how to leverage your, the, different capabilities that you have to make money.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like that can in and of itself become massive. So that's, is that also next? Yeah. Is that something that's on the side burner, or is that something that you're going to put a lot of time those? Kind of
2: so there's a few out? things we have kind of have in the works of, you know, trying to find out where and how to build all those classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, sorry, is that my husband again? No, okay. Um, build all those classes, we're working on, you know, our big project with Top Shot, which is, should be rolling out here soon. And then we want to start... Um, Tuesday Tidbit Tea Time, or Tea Time Tuesday Tidbit, where we just get on, and it's kind of like a podcast style, where we just talk about what's going on in the market, what's happening, because Northern Virginia, I'm sure as you guys know, we see the shift like this, within days of anything gets pushed out. Um, I think other markets, it takes a little bit of time. So I think it's a weekly thing that we need to be on top of to really educate people on like what we're seeing, what's happening, what's trending. Um, And so we're gonna start pushing that out too, so. That's Being really intentional, fun. putting it on the calendar, making it happen—that's um, kind of where we are right that's now. Awesome!
0: I love that podcasts are amazing. Um, one of our mentors, Dean Jackson, one of us—we had him on our podcast actually. It'll probably go out around the same time that this one goes out,
2: possibly.
0: Okay. I'll but he—he um, he has this phrase talking about podcasts. He started podcasting back in 2010 or 2011, and he calls it. Uh, the moo method which is multiplied oral output so that podcast that you're going to start with all this great education you can take that and kind of multiply it with a bunch of different pieces of content yeah so that's going to be really exciting so you're not only going to have that podcast but you'll probably have a litany of other things that you can use to educate your clients
2: i think we'll need to talk with you guys too on like how to do that so
1: my last question and this is kind of going back to so your business here in Northern Virginia is around the same age as ours we started in June 2019 became an official business in August 2019 we (laughs) LLC right but we kinda saw the market do the same thing we're like well like these guys are still going to be out and about people aren't now there's a need for video And of course, video marketing, being consistently on social and all of these things with where the market is going now. And I'm sure you've heard and you see that there's like a lot of fear mongering that's happening uh, with with a lot of agents, people in general in the industry. Right. How is Perfect Choice and how is Candice now looking at this as the next opportunity?
2: So. I love that question because when the market shifts, I do see it as an opportunity. Um, We are probably the first team in Samson to do um, assumption of mortgages. We've We've already, since the rise of interest rates, we've already helped three families assume mortgages.
1: Can you tell us what that means? people don't
2: even know what that is like what are you talking about um ever since i started real estate in 2012 one of the big things the title guy would say when at the closing table is oh great you got such a great rate you know you'll be able to use this as a selling factor whenever you go to sell your house because somebody else can assume it and we all talked about it but we didn't really know what it was so as soon as rates went up i was like we need to get somebody on the phone we need to talk about assumptions because this is going to be a big selling factor all these people who bought in the last 10, 15 years have gotten such great rates and they are selling. So how can we get our buyers that opportunity? Those 2.75, those 3.2 rates, you know? Um, So we called, 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 couldn't find anybody that knew about it. Um, We finally found a guy out in California, uh, his name's Jason, and he does a lot of assumptions and he can finance a second mortgage. So what a VA assumption is, VA loans are eligible for another VA buyer to assume your loan or, the VA seller at this point could then allow a conventional or whatever buyer to assume it, but that ties up their VA eligibility. Mm-hmm. So that rate that they have and the remaining balance of their loan, the new buyer can assume. It's just the difference. So let's just say that VA buyer bought his home for 700000 He owes 600000 on his loan at an interest rate of 2.75. The new buyer can, Assume the 600,000 at 2.75, but he's got to cover the difference between the market and that loan. So let's just say the market value is 750. So now they've got to come up with 150K. We have a lender that can cover the 150K part for them. But okay. our clients have and saved $1,000. they would $1,000. get at that rate? they know. They what would else? get this portion that they have to cover at the market rate. Um, but you know, Seven ten percent on a hundred thousand is completely different than that on 700, you know? So we've had clients save over a thousand dollars a month on their monthly mortgage, being able to do this along. Wow. So just knowing about that and making that an option for our clients has been huge. Um, and then learning about two, one buy downs, how to buy down your rate, negotiating those deals for our clients of getting those covered, closing costs covered, um, negotiating that extra payment towards a 2-1 buy down or buying down their rate. Um, We're just educating ourselves how we can help our clients through what's happening.
1: That's really cool. And what would your message be to anyone that's watching this about how to think like that?
2: Stay away from the media. I mean, the media is very broad, right? I mean, they're just telling you this is where the rates are, this is scary. we're in a recession, blah, blah, blah. So I think that scares people and real estate is very market specific. So in Northern Virginia, yes, the rates are up, but the buying demand has gone down. So right now clients are able to negotiate home inspections, get repairs done, get closing costs paid for, get their rate bought down. Whoa, this is a great buying market for buyers. Yeah, rates are at seven. Maybe you could buy that down to six. And then maybe if rates drop to five, refinance. But you got $50,000 worth of credits and negotiating up front that you wouldn't have gotten six months to a year ago. You know, people were overpaying. Then they were buying houses that needed thirty to $50,000 of repair work.
1: So with that in mind, I think it's just a matter of having not just agents but really people look at the opportunity of things instead of like the fear or the challenging times that are bound to come I think right now from what we're seeing is when those that look to learn and understand the market better and actually get kinda of savvy not just kinda of, but like get really savvy on like how to navigate the waters are the ones that are likely to be here and then do you think that there will be a shakedown of a lot of professionals in your industry Uh,
2: we're hoping for it because we saw a lot of agents flood the market because they thought it was easy or they thought it was easy money or whatever and it's not it's it's a hard job and um, you're protecting the biggest asset that your client may ever purchase so it's a big deal and we're hoping that this does kind of weed out some of the bad apples Um, but I think it will because it's gonna get tough
1: I feel you Well, where can people find you at?
2: Um, You can call me, um, Instagram, Candace Astros, PCRE, or perfectchoicerealestate.com or perfectchoicere.com. Yeah, Google me.
1: Google Candace Astros. Yeah. Thank you for doing this with us. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun, and you guys stay tuned for the release of Blank.